today with Joe Nash on Live 95. You'll be aware of Limerick Chamber, representing businesses large and small in the Limerick region. Well, they're part of Chambers Ireland, which is part of a European-wide group called Euro Chambers. And uh, they have uh, joined Euro Chambers in speaking out against Russia's invasion of Ukraine, um, concerned about the humanitarian impact, of course, first and foremost, but also the economic impact, including uh, in this part of the world. And Sean Golden is the new chief economist with Limerick Chamber. He's on the line. Hello, Sean. How are you? Hello, Joe. How's it going? Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So tell us a little about yourself. As I say, you're newly in this position. I am, yeah. Yeah, so it started a couple of weeks ago. Um, so heading up the policy team in Limerick Chamber now with my colleague Dermot. Um, and this is something that we've been keeping an eye on for the past week or so. So given its strategic importance at the Midwest, um, you know, we think it's we think it's worth calling out and having a look at closer, you know. Right. So tell us then about its strategic importance to the Limerick region. Because again, you know, and this point was being made a couple of minutes ago by uh, Mary in terms of talking to children locally. You know, it is still physically quite far away from us. Exactly. Yeah. So it's physically far away. But I suppose economically it's closer than we think, Joe. Um, you know, you had the likes of Ahanish out in County Limerick. It employs about 500 people. It's owned by, by Russell, a Russian-owned company. Um, they mine or they uh, remove a lot of the bauxite and then pass it over and move the, the aluminium bauxite that's converted into aluminium in other parts of the world. So that implies about 500 people. And then you have the likes of Money Point that were particularly reliant on for energy supply. Um, and they would import a decent amount of their coal from Russia as well. But also in Shannon, when you look at the concentration of aircraft leasing which is another area that's going to be hit um, and I think in Ireland we've something like 14 of the 15 largest aircraft leasing companies so because of the restrictions and sanctions put in place that's going to be another area that's going to be hit so Aircap have an office in Shannon and I think they have something like 152 aircraft in Ukraine and Russia and the total outstanding assets are about 2 billion so while it's physically far away, I suppose there is economic ties to the Midwest that support a significant number of jobs. I mean, that's fascinating to hear. And I know you mentioned Ahanish there and the people obviously in West Limerick and surrounding areas, the whole region, you know, extremely concerned, understandably about this. We remember previously when there was talk of sanctions uh, when President Trump was in office uh, against uh, Russia, the Irish government had to work very hard to ensure that when it came to Ahanish, uh, those sanctions were not applied. It seems on this occasion so far that Ahanish has escaped sanctions. And one of the reasons uh, is that it is such an important cog in the aluminium wheel internationally, isn't it, Sean? It is, absolutely, Joe. I think it accounts for something like 30% of the overall um, EU uh, concentration of aluminium production, or certainly alumina exports. So it is very important. Um, and I know the controlling stakeholder of Russell, Oleg Deripaska, has come out already and, and called on Putin to stop the war. Um, so it seems like it might have it might have passed it so far, but it's definitely something that we have to keep an eye on, given its importance, given its amount of employment in the area. Um, and, and, so yeah, and Sean Sean Golden, chief economist with the Limerick Chamber, is joining us. Shannon Airport maybe might have been in people's minds, but I'd say the money point situation now might have escaped a lot of people's attention. And um, what are the implications of that? Yeah, I suppose, Joe, it's one that might fly under the radar. I think, you know, this region and Ireland as a whole is 
you know, reliant on Money Point for energy production. And I know in the past when, when coal burning would have been much higher at the plant, it would have accounted for much more, a much larger population of, of energy production. But as far as I know, they still import a significant amount of coal from Russia. And if something like this is going to feed into energy prices as they already are, then we're in for a, a kind of rough time looking at it. But I think it kind of makes us, you know, reprioritize how we look at renewables, Joe. Um, I think going forward, we have to take them much more seriously. I know there's plans in place to, to reform Money Point into a green energy centre. And at the moment, there's a public consultation out for phase two of offshore wind strategy. But when you look at that, you know, phase one is going to be out to 2030 and there's going to be no offshore wind delivered on the West Coast. Yeah. So that's something that we would be advocating for that with the wind down of coal burning at Money Point, you know, that we push for a greater amount of energy independence and we push for a greater amount of investment in the grid on the West Coast and offshore float wind energy. So, But, but, but what's fascinating about that, Sean, as you know, is that is quite political within our own government, isn't it? You know, there is a, a lot of support for, as you say, wind energy that would take us so far. But uh, there are debates going on about the um, LNG, the liquid gas uh, proposal uh, for Ballylongford in Kerry, even within uh, the government as to whether that's a good idea or not. We know the wider fracking debate has uh, gone on for quite a while. So the whole um, issue of energy security for an island like Ireland is complex and there are very different views as to how to get there. Absolutely. You know, the LNG, Joe, is a highly controversial topic. I think it's still wrapped up in the planning process. Um, but even leaving the LNG aside, you know, as a controversial topic, renewables aren't controversial. I mean, the only thing that's stopping significant investment off the West Coast is the depth of the Atlantic. And I mean, that can be counteracted by floating offshore wind energy. We already saw that Equinor with Scotland have massive investment off their coast. Mm to generate wind but, but, energy. But, but isn't it the case that there there was a proposal well advanced and the international mm. partner pulled out uh, of it uh, off the Shannon estuary? Yeah, absolutely. And that was the same that was the same crowd that were working with Scotland, you know, they're formerly Statoil from Norway and they cited the regulatory environment and the red tape. So that's something that we really have to look at because this whole conflict calls out that Ireland needs to look at its energy independence. We need to look at how to get a significant pipeline of our own energy going forward. But if you have the likes of Equinor that are world-class in this area pulling out, citing the regulatory environment, then it's something we certainly need to look at. Okay, uh, one other point then. So um, the Minister for Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney, the Taoiseach, uh, Michal Martin and other government representatives have been honest in saying that sanctions are going to have an economic impact here. We already know the cost of living in Ireland and in this region uh, is uh, running at a much higher rate than anticipated and could go on for much longer. But they've also said that our trading relationship with Russia is not that significant. However, you seem to be saying that here in the Limerick region, it disproportionately is, even with the three examples that you've cited, Sean. Yeah, Joe, I mean, look, it, 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 it depends on how you classify significant. Is it significant in the scale of our trading relationship with the EU, UK and the USA? Not really. But if you look at the actual numbers on the ground, you know, I think in, in 2019, we imported 400 million and exported 600 million to Russia. And if you look behind those figures, like they all represent people with jobs. They represent people in the local economy. They represent money spent in the local economy. So on a, a national level, you know, it might not be something to worry about. 
but certainly at a local level it's something that we should be looking at closer. I think something like 25% of our maize comes from the Ukraine and that's used in animal feed. So there, there, there is implications that we need to look at, you know, that mightn't be as obvious when you're looking at it from a top level, but when you drill down into the data, it's certainly something that we have to look at for sure. And finally, Sean, presumably the longer it drags on, the longer the conflict exists, the more difficult it becomes. A- absolutely. But I thought, Joe, when you think about it, you know, there's been sanctions on Russia for several years at this stage. Businesses now are coming off the back of Brexit. They're coming off the back of COVID. We're going back into this for God knows how long. We hope there will be a swift and peaceful re- resolution. But we just don't know. And the longer it goes on, the more scaring there will be for the local economy and businesses. And it will be harder to get back on track. Okay. So that's, that, that's why government needs to look at it and put any measures in place that they need to do to protect local business while being mindful of the sanctions on Ukraine and, okay. or sorry, Russia. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much, Sean Golden, the new Chief Economist with Limerick Chamber. We look forward to chatting to you uh, again and we appreciate your time this morning. Much more to come on the show. Your view.